it gets ugly. Somebody gotta be there when it gets bloody. Somebody got to get their hands dirty. Yep, it's a fucked up job, but somebody gotta do it. Somebody gotta come up with the plan and be there when the shit hits the fan. Welcome to The Fixers, the show where we occasionally fix movies, but mostly talk about what we just saw. In this episode, we're going to talk Kanky Code, we do a little media diet, and then we're going to do the... Uh, <laughs> I like how you just drop Hanky Code, move on. Yeah, explain I'll it. explain it later, don't worry, I got a whole thing. And uh, the city or the city of Lost Children, uh, which is a new, we'll call it a series. The Fixers of Lost the Children. The Fixers of Lost Children. The um, City of Lost Children is a movie. Yeah, that's why I named it after that. Um, a very weird yeah. French movie that I saw in a very small theater that scared the crap out of me. That's one of those movies that's not safe by, to see at night. By the director of Alien Resurrection. Not not a surprise Some at all. Some say the best aliens. Some say that. That's true. Um, we're going to talk about movies where franchises we would like to have or like to fix. So when we got some uh, real, real doozies in here. But we're going to start out with Media Diet. So uh, what are you watching these days, the Commodore? <coughs> I... Uh, re- I'll just pick a few highlights. Yeah. Um, recently rewatched Warren Beatty's very long movie. Reds. Very seldom seen Reds. Yeah. Uh, it's dry. It's a dry movie. I, I've seen it once. I think it was like on an encore free weekend. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I just, this was free and I wasted five hours. I mean, I'm glad I saw it, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it's well made. Yeah. Uh, it's a, I can't. Even in the time it was made, I don't know who they thought the audience was. Because this is a movie about like pre-World War One communist activists in Greenwich Village, who no- none of whom became famous. I mean, they're like academically famous. Like if you ask historians of the era, they know who they are. But these aren't like well-known people. And it's like, who, who is this movie for? Which is, I salute Mr. Warren Beatty who was a massive movie star at the time to convince the studio to give him a ton of money to make a movie that clearly nobody, no one wanted to see. Is this the movie that broke him? And is the reason we have to see Dick Tracy be interviewed by Leonard Malton every three years because no. he, something is truly wrong with him now. Like, I feel like he wanted this to is, make Dick Tracy. I know he wanted to make it. I'm just saying it seems like a movie that may have kind of broke him a little bit. I don't know. I mean, he's always been a weird dude. <clears throat> I mean, he's he's one of the weirder big s- movie stars. I mean, if you bring up Warren Beatty to the average person who's not us, the first thing they say is Dick Tracy, right? Maybe Shane I think Taylor. of our generation. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're like a older millennial, you remember Dick Tracy coming out. Not everybody saw it. It wasn't that big a hit. But like, that's all you'd really know. Yeah, he wasn't in much. Like when you really think about it. Uh, he no, he didn't act that much. He also didn't have uh, that um, very many of those older guy in movie roles like Harrison Ford did. You know, yeah, like just like the 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 guide or the older person that knows what everybody's talking about. Like he'll just Harrison Ford will be in a movie for you know, like oh yeah, one week. Or as we've established, like De Niro will be in. 12 movies a year, yeah. half of which go straight to Redbox. Yeah. Like, like Beatty's not in any Redbox movies. No. Like, he's been in, like, 12 movies total, ever. Is he loaded? I think he's pretty loaded. But he's not, I mean, I, he... Off of what? Shampoo? Uh, I mean, he didn't he have that many hits. He produced a lot of movies. Yeah. 
Uh, I can't tell you why. I can't either. But he's he's very selective. I mean, he works very rarely. Remember the remake he did of An Affair to Remember with Annette Benning. Love Affair? Love Affair, yeah. I remember yeah. watching that being like, this did not need to be done. This is terrible. And I think that... Who was the woman in that? In the original? Oh, uh, I don't remember. She was an in affair, it. An affair to not remember. Yes, clearly. Um, she was in it as the old person in that movie. Like, yeah. And I remember it being so much Vaseline on the front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Like, the, it looked truly like I would just woken up and I was watching the movie. Like, that's how much they did. It, was a, it wasn't very good, but... Classic. I'm glad you got to watch uh, it. It's on Criterion, I assume. Yeah, it's on Criterion. Yeah. Most of my... I think all of my recent movies have been on Criterion. Um, uh, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. See, uh, yep. Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. Not that good. Nope. It it was it was hyped to me as like, oh, this one's actually really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not. It's not. It, I mean, she's. I will happily look at Marilyn Monroe and Jane Russell walking around in various costumes. Yeah. And I'm not bored. I but mean, as a movie, yeah, it's not. Movie, it's not it's really a movie. It's just like a series of like half scenes. The Seven Year Itch is probably my favorite Marilyn Monroe movie. I think uh, some like it hot. Yeah, for me, that's fair. But yeah, those are movies. Those were like a story. Yeah, it wasn't just sort of an excuse to sort of like have her in a just new costume every her. scene. Yeah. Also, there's a weird era of movies where they're just like, yeah, we don't really need like a plot. Just, just like, just look at some, her. She's hot, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's a musical, but it's not really like it's not that much of a musical because yeah. she's not good at singing. Yeah. So it's just sort of like a. I don't know how to describe it. It, it, we don't make movies like that anymore. No, it's not like a movie where you just watch a person do a thing. There's no like yeah. just tap dancing movies or swimming movies. Yeah, like, it's to just, do a thing they're not even that good. Yeah, at. yeah, yeah. That's the thing, just to be like on the screen. Right. You know, the more like, I know about Marilyn, though, like it's really hard to just watch her movies now. Like, like her? You mean her tragic life? Yeah, it's like so truly terrifying. That I'm just like, oh man, I don't know if I like this anymore. I mean, Seven Year Itch, she's actually really funny in. So I'm like, yeah. a hot no, she funny is in. talented. Yeah, I, I'm just saying she's not a good singer. No, she's not. She's she was never a good singer. It wouldn't surprise no, me if I they mean, use somebody else. I mean, some, no, it's her. It really I mean, her? it doesn't. It's it's too not good to be a, okay, like that's, a ringer. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, there is actually. I mean, I don't. I don't know how much of our listener cares about. Uh, there's one bit that isn't her, where she's like doing scales, and she's like, ah, oh, okay. and it's like clearly not her, yeah, because it sounds like complete. But most of her songs, she's kind of, hey, Mister Williams, oh, she's really? like very breathy and quiet and singing yeah. like Marilyn Monroe. Hmm. Uh, and then uh, watch the classic uh, Tracy Hepburn movie, Adam's Rib. Don't know if I've seen that one. It's where they are a married couple who are. Uh, on opposite ends of a trial. It's okay. Like a courtroom comedy, romantic comedy. Oh, okay. I mean, is it like a goofball comedy? Like it's not ball? that screwball. It's um it's you know, it's not like serious. Yeah. I mean there was they, they made I think seven movies together and were just they were a real life married couple that had good chemistry and you put like a I mean that is a movie with a plot. That yeah. movie has like a setup, development, complication resolution 
you know, it's a, it's like a well structured movie. Yeah, but I can't say everyone needs to run out and see it if you don't like nineteen forties. It's it's just hard to because you know what you're in for when you watch those because it's more of like an, an observation than enjoyment. Like I should watch this. Everybody says this is good, and then you watch it and you're like, well, I've seen that now. It's weirdly kind of disappointing <laughs> with those older movies. I mean, I, I like old movies. Me too. I'm never Genuinely. mad at myself for watching them, but it isn't like it, it isn't entertainment, really. It's it's hard to find an older movie that's actually really entertaining, you know, as opposed I, to just being a I movie. I disagree. Oh, well, but that's me. That's fine. That's why you have Criterion, and I got the Screen Gems app, which I didn't even know existed, <laughs> so I could watch uh-huh. RoboJocks for two ninety nine, and it's just all just trash movies that were like on sale on dvds at dollar stores it's mm-hmm. it's incredible um so somebody like went and scooped up the rights to all these things yeah just you know, put them in one place if you're looking mm-hmm. for a movie like it's named like bunny and earl and there's a car on the front it's basically right. in screen gems <clears throat> like it just so like roger corman movies uh yeah lots like, of roger corman like lots viking of, uh, viking women post um post like almost hammer post hammer horror movies Right, like just a lot of like really cheaper shit. than Hammer. Anything movies. that's like the rights were free, and you could like they couldn't afford the real Vincent Price, but they have a guy who kind of looks like Vincent Price. And if you can throw a black guy in there as a, um, like as seeing the monster, so there's a lot of those kind of movies too, where black guys mm-hmm. see monsters, and a lot of just like cars crashing. So for two ninety nine a month, I gotta say it's pretty worth it. <laughs> uh, can they sponsor us? Screen gems. I mean, I can I can see. Screen gems are the people that own like Bewitched and that like stuff like that. Call a, call us Screen gems. It's basically like Nick, at, to... Nick at Night. Yeah, we're here. At screen gems. Um, I Nick at Night plays like like Seinfeld. Now. I know, I know. When I tell people like it used to play black and white TV shows, like full on Mr. Ed, it, like Honeymooners. Yeah, if you want um, old school TV shows, you have to go to the Me Network. The Me Network. Yeah, which is just like all they play is like Hogan's Heroes and Gunsmoke and those kind of shows. So it's not good. And it's free through like public broadcasting. But okay, So Nick and Knight has Friends, Mike and Molly. Shit, that was very recent. That wasn't as recent as you think. Uh, but it was like within the last 20 years. Yeah. Uh, more friends, more Mike and Molly. What do they just play? Friends with Mike and Molly. There's no King of Queens. Their schedule is hard to read. I'm gonna not bore people with me looking at their. No Seinfeld. All I can see is Friends. It's like, like multiple hour blocks of Friends. Wow! Really? How do you even get, I mean, they must get crazy ratings for that. Uh, friends, 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 9 p.m. friends, 9.30 friends, 10 p.m. friends, 10.30 friends. Or wow. Friends. They just run friends. Like, seriously. The checks those guys must cash. Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night. It's all friends. Okay. <laughs> I just typed in a random year. Uh, Nick at Night schedule, September 1988 to 19, 9, 1989. Let me, wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. Okay. Let me guess. Uh, you, you're not going to guess this. I'm not going to get 
Okay, 88 is like early even Hold for on, me. there's 1, okay, so I'm 2, gonna say... 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. There's 16 okay, shows. Gonna... I bet you don't get three. Okay. Uh... Dragnet? Mm. Nope. Ah, fuck, they did have Dragnet eventually. I'll give uh, you two more guesses. Mr. Ed? One. Oh, now you get... There you go. Um... Uh, you really got to put your head back then and think. Get smart. Nope, but there are get smart related shows. That's two. Get smart related. I guess like shows that you would go within the get smart. You know, bewitched. Nope. Not even bewitched yet. This is Nick at night. I think bewitched may have played during the day. No, I played a Nick at Night eventually. Maybe. I, I don't remember. All right. Lay, lay it on me. 8, Mr. Ed. 8.30, The Patty Duke Show. Oh, Patty Duke. Nine. Twins. They're identical cousins. They're identical cousins. They're not twins. 9 p.m., My Three Sons. 9.30, The Donna Reed Show. Oh, yeah. 10, We're Getting Saucy, The Best of Saturday Night Live. Ooh, Ten, I do not remember that at all. F- for a half an hour. So, so that's why, in case you guys ever wonder why we think Saturday Night Live is good, because all we saw it was in half an hour increments of the best sketches. So, um, 10.30, SCTV, 11, Laugh-In, 11.30, Car 54. Oh, I remember Car 54. Uh, 12, th- 12.30, uh, it starts over again. <laughs> At 11.30, though, you have Midnight, uh... In midnight, you have make room for Daddy. With Danny Thomas. Yeah, Danny Thomas. Who we will not mention anything more about. All you know is he is the... Never heard of that man, Danny Thomas. Person I don't know why got his this show name going came out of for, my lips. Yep. Definitely do not Google Danny Thomas, folks. Do not Google the, Dan, Dan, the Danny Thomas <laughs> show. Yeah, you know what? I don't Google the show. That. Don't click on the Danny Thomas hyperlink. No, no, don't not go there. Don't do it. And if it's already if it's already purple on your browser, someone in your home knows too much. I really do think it set us up for more um, to be wider and more interested in media watching those terrible shows than it is just watching like uh, Friends over and over and over again. Yeah, you know. No, I'm looking at now. They they literally just have three shows on Nick at Night: Friends, Mike and Molly, and a show called Mom. I've never even heard. That's of the one with Allison Janney. Oh, um, and well, uh, what did it originally run on? I I think Nick at Night. I think it was an oh, original show. Origi- oh no, it ran on CBS. Okay, because I know they did have original shows. <clears throat> I mean, Nickelodeon has original shows. I didn't know Nick at Night did. Anyway, what's your uh, what's your media diet this week? Hold on, one more thing to check. Right now on MeTV. This is more what it should. This this sounds way more. Me TV, just a regular broadcast channel. Um, we got Perry Mason, of course. Ma- the new Perry Mason? No, the old one. Mash, the Andy Griffith Show, The Rifleman, Gilligan's Island, Mama's Family, mm-hmm. which I think is the most modern one they have. Yeah. So see, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about classic shows. Yeah. Beverly Hillbillies, Hogan's Heroes. Carol Burnett Friends. They have F Troop. Twilight Zone. Oh yeah, Mannix. Or uh, what was the one in the in the in the Pacific where they were on a boat? Oh shit. 
I know exactly what you're talking it about. It was like a World War II boat comedy. Yeah. Kelly's People... Heroes? No, Kelly's Heroes is a movie. That's a movie. Uh... People just thought that war was funny after like 20 years. They're like, all right, let's make some jokes. So. I think it was, there was this whole generation of World War II veterans yeah. that somehow wanted to watch more stuff about the war. Like, I don't understand. Like, my my grandfather was a literal POW captured by the Nazis in a Nazi prison camp, and he would watch Hogan's Heroes. And like, and he would uh, laugh his And ass I'd be off. like, is this what it was like? He's like, oh, God, no. Yeah, no, <laughs> not at all. Not. Yeah. And then, but he would still watch it. Yeah. I, I mean, I it's like... It's like if you lived in Lower Manhattan on 9/11 and you watched like a sitcom about 9/11 yeah. every Thursday night, you're like, "Why do you want this? I don't get it." But I, I uh, respect to the greatest generation, and uh, uh, we might have to do a Me TV uh, show review because uh, there's just so much classic stuff on there. But we'll get to what I've watched. I've watched Indiana Jones twice in the theater. Dial of Destiny twice. Yes, I saw it at the um, Cinnabar where they feed you food. And I thought, well, I'm going to need to actually see it just like as a regular movie, too, you know. Um, what uh, What's your favorite Mutt uh, escapade? You're, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> keep Mutt's name out your mouth. You, I'm I mean, just they, saying. I'm just saying. Uh, uh, it's the best moment in the entire movie when he talks about Mutt. But he's not in the movie. No. He's, okay. in, he's in it in spirit. I don't want to know spoiler alerts for the soldiers overseas who aren't going to be able to see this, but... Um, He's not in the movie. Shia LaBeouf is not in the movie. No, but he's brought I, up. I, I knew that already. And, That's not a spoiler. Uh, I'm just, just telling like you. He's not. Okay. All right. M- Mutt's, you know, I didn't expect it to go that way either. But <laughs> um, Sala's in it. Um, Marion Ravenwood is in it. Um, no John Hurt, unfortunately. Nobody brought back from Crystal Skull, sadly. Uh, what about, uh, what's the, what, was, what was the other British guy? He had like a British sidekick. What was his name? Brody? Crystal Skull? Huh? No, no, no. Like a like a, about his age, who was like a spy with him in the war. Oh, yeah. No. What was his name? Toby Jones. He goes to the he goes to the other dimension with the aliens at the end of Crystal Skull. Toby Jones plays that role. Right. What? It's like I know what you're talking about. It's like Didn't you just watch this? Yeah, because yeah, he kept saying Jonesy over and over again and I was like I forget who he was. What his name was. But I did just watch it last night but i was also extremely stoned apparently when you google crystal skull a lot of shit comes up before the actual movie (laughs) so the actual vodka comes up before the movie no like crystals like people into real crystals real oh yeah people think that that shit's real yeah right absolutely had you heard of crystal skulls before this movie yes but that is not normal i think mac 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 is his name they did a um that's that makes sense now because in the new one, uh, Phoebe Walter Bridge calls him Jonesy, and that's what he calls him the entire time in Crystal Skull. So that makes sense. Um, Toby Toby Jones plays that kind of role in this uh, in the new one. And he's good. I mean, he's fine. Um, well, it, why not just bring Ray Winstone back? I don't he went to the other transdimensional. Oh, that's right. Remember. So right now, I literally just said that, and I already forgot. Yeah, in the interdimensional. <laughs> There's like five Nazis, one sightseer or one like seer because she disappears because she knows all the knowledge, and uh, Mac just hanging out. Not Nazis, they're Russian. They're Russian. Oh, they're Russian in that one. That's true. Um, So let me get to my actual review of uh, Indy. Um, It was an Indiana Jones movie. 
That's my review. It was completely passable. There's nothing special about it. My highlights, they fucking murk Nazis the entire time in such an unrelentless way. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like watching, like, the first Rambo when he's killing cops. Like, Nazis are just going, and they're using, like, old-school-ass, like, like meat sounds. Like, that just thump sound Mm -hmm. that you hear. Um, And it's actual Nazis. It's not Hydra. I'm looking at you, fucking Marvel, bunch of pussies. Uh, Actual Nazis that they're killing. And Indy says many times, I hate Nazis, and it's like it's very clear, like, hey man, Nazis were bad, and we should use them more as a villain. Like it was it was very well done. Um But then you have to set stuff in the forties. Yeah, but I mean any any I mean I hate to say this, but any indie movie set in the forties or any but James Bond movie oh, no, no. or anything For this is franchise. always better in the forties. For this like, franchise. Yeah. But not every movie can have Nazis in it. Plausibly. I mean the like the new Fast and the Furious movie should not have like a bunch of Nazis as the bad. No, but the, but the point is they would like have like oh there's these people who are like kind of like the Nazis but not like the Nazis and they're called spazzies and you're like just call them fucking Nazis like you know like America <laughs> Captain America punched Hitler you know like yeah. and then they changed it to like well, Hydra there, it's like well there were Nazis in that one yeah that's what I'm saying there should have been Nazis in Marvel like let's just say Nazis but are it, bad. in the first Captain America there were Nazis no they were Hydra. There was no Nazis. No, nope. they weren't. They Nazis? never mentioned it. Not once. And like Captain, it was he was in World War Two, obviously, <laughs> fighting. But Wonder Woman fought in World War One. Yeah, so she was fighting pre Nazis. Pre Nazis. Um, it was very good. I would recommend watching it. It was an old school adventure movie. He doesn't do anything, you know, like like a, that uh, an eighty year old can't do, you know. Right. So it's not. the the He's stuff not that Tom he does cruising out. No, but it is very funny watching that preview for Mission Impossible and then you see like <laughs> and he's like jumping off a fucking cliff and you see Indiana Jones and it's clearly like his head replaced on a horse or something. Um, but Harrison Ford is 20 years older than Tom. He is and he but he does like a good job and and there's a couple of them, you know, the I would have to say like my main critique is it was the this one is in 69. Um everybody seems to leave their keys in every car. So every time he gets into a car, he can just start it up and go. There's like never a scene where he can't just drive a vehicle. Um, and Tuck Tucks apparently can go roughly 70 miles an hour. Um, He's super mild. Yeah. Uh, it was, you know, it, it had that kind of adventurous quality where, you know, they were going foreign places and it was clearly they were actually in those foreign places. It wasn't just like inside a studio. Um, like Crystal Skull, because Crystal Skull just felt so inside. Um, it was missing that weird Spielberg Lucas horniness that Indy has, because he always has yeah. that. Um, Crystal Skull's not that horny. They they're like doing like longing looks at each other, and Mutt's like, oh um, yeah, Mutt's like tries to separate them a bunch. I don't know. It's Harrison Ford is just kind of like he's not horny. He's just kind of naughty, you know. Yeah, but um, the first three are horny. Yeah, and the second one, like, there's a like a weird like porn double smash with like father and son banging Elsa, like, and like yeah. you look that up, you know? Yeah. She, no, I uh, she talks in her sleep, which I didn't even understand until like 20 years later, and I was like, oh, oh, now I get it. Okay. Yeah. No, I remember. I mean, that movie came out when I was eight. Yeah. And the scene where one of the scenes where Indy is is making out with the German, mm-hmm. and she's like chewing on his ear yeah which is like way more sexual than anything i'd seen in a a popcorn movie yeah 
Because it wasn't like, like, I got kissing. I understood kissing. Mm-hmm. But, like, she's just, like, chewing on his ear like it's a piece of salami. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is going <laughs> yeah. on? Yeah. And he, like, liked it. It yeah. wasn't like she was being bad. Yeah, he was, like, doing, the, like, indie, like, sideways eyes. Yeah. Um, Change, changed, changed me. I was changed forever on that time. I, sometimes you see stuff too early. And now, you know, as we, we never told the audience this, but you have half a ear. And uh, that's just what happens, you know. You lose the good parts. I also watched uh, the original Dune in a theater for the first time, which I oh Dune yeah, which I'd never seen. It's good, it was, it was fucking incredible. Like seeing the worms are one thing on the big screen, obviously, because they just look a million times better. Everything looked better because it was to yeah. scale, just like everything. Um, yeah. Seeing the cat with the rat being milked on screen Oof. is just like. Oh. Whoa. And the person I took had never seen it before at all. So I had to explain to her, like, so there's Dune, the movie. And then there's Dune, the weirdness that David Lynch brings to it. And they're just two separate yeah. things. So you have to, like, separate them from the plot. Like, Had this person read Dune or seen the new Dune? She'd seen the new Dune. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she it wasn't going in completely cold. No, no. What? She knew the story, yeah. the general story of it. But she was also like, this really happened really fast. Because you forget how fast that movie moves. Yeah. And it just, once it gets on the rails, it does not stop the entire time. Yeah. Um, when the worms come out and he does, takes the uh, water of life, it's fucking incredible. When he gets on top of the worm. Father! And, and Toto, the sleeper has awakened! And Toto is playing. Like, I legitimately, like, got excited and started, like, playing uh-huh. air guitar. It was it was bigger and badder than I thought it would be. Like it was just like holy shit, this is what an epic movie. I cannot imagine going to see Star Wars and then seeing Dune. Like you'd be like, can't they just make ten of these? Like this is so much yeah. better. Um, just because just pure action wise, it's it's almost an action movie. So much stuff happens in it. Yeah, you know, uh, it's fun. I'm so I'm so glad I saw it. It kind of makes me want to go back and watch Blue Velvet in the theater because I've never seen that either. Um, drink some Pabst Blue Ribbon, which of course they were selling. Um, people laughed at one part that I thought, oh, it was when um, the Sardaukar spit on the, on Jessica. People laughed? They were like, ha ha ha! And I was like, what is go- why is this funny? Maybe it's like something I don't know. Oh no, when the Baron uh, I mean, spit it, on Jessica, like before he sent her It's the thing with, with Lynch fans, and I am a Lynch fan, so this is, but like because Lynch is, most of his movies are kind of like moving uneasily between horror and comedy and scenes that are like ridiculous and then scenes that are disgusting and violent. And you're, he's always like, you watch a Lynch movie and people are just kind of laughing at weird times. And his audience are primed to to see things ironically, I think. it To me, it reminded me of uh, of seeing Hamilton live. The, I don't know if David Lynch's Dune has ever been compared to There Hamilton. were, like, there's just the thing where they, like, say immigrants, we get the job done, and, like, everybody applauds, and you're just like, I know you motherfuckers have listened to this cast album before. You do not think mm-hmm. that's funny. You do not think that, like, you've never, you've heard it 20,000 times. Why are you applauding this? Or then laugh at, like, a joke. I'm like, how do you, how, how? How have you, how, why? It's not funny anymore. It's like when you go to the theater and they play the joke from the trailer in the movie and everybody laughs and you're like wait a second yeah you fucking see that this. is i'm always astonished when it's like not just a joke from the trailer it's like the big joke the big joke the payoff yeah. joke of the trailer 
And then you, it happens in the theater, and I'm like, well, and everyone laughs. I'm like, what the fuck? Have you did not, you not, how did you? I always want to ask, why are you here? How did, did you, you get here? Trailer? How did you get <laughs> yeah. here? I mean, it doesn't make astonishes me every time. Oh, we just. I'm, I want to. I want to like. Pa- I want to stop the movie and interview everyone and be like, "What is going through your mind right now? Like, did you do not you think it's see funny, this joke or do you think coming? everybody else is going to laugh, so you're going to feel left out?" I guess. And it's, usually, it's like you can see it coming. You're like, "Oh, I know the joke from the trailer is about to happen." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see the setup. Yeah. I mean, don't understand. I don't know if it's our problem. Maybe it's just our problem. I, I don't know. But um, also, clearly, it is our problem. I am. Uh, I'm slowly starting starting to grow now we might have to do this as another side bit sometime but is uh trailers that ruin movies i am mm-hmm. so sick of seeing that oppenheimer trailer i've seen it fucking every time i go to a movie it never it's always the same it's so dramatic and you're just like i i don't even know if i want to watch it anymore honestly like i i, I can't like just seen the trailer so many times i've probably seen the trailer like 15 times and it's not by choice it's just shoved yeah. in your face every time. Mission Impossible yeah. trailer, they like kind of move around a little bit and change what what's in it. Yeah, um, I couldn't tell you what Mission Impossible is about. I mean, I, mean, I you know, I don't I generally. Even if I about, like read the synopsis and then watched the movie, I don't know if I would know what it was about. So <laughs> yeah, whereas yeah. Oppenheimer, I bet I could write like a pretty good Wikipedia plot summary right now. Probably that would be close. Like my Oppenheimer pitch movie would be after the bomb and like how his slow like degeneration into like like tortured soul over it like i think it does go after the it, bomb. it looks like it goes a little bit after what's rdj playing or who uh he plays one of the scientists actually. okay because like afterward i remember seeing him like rdj's in this i thought he'd be like somebody or you know truman or somebody yeah, i forget but i think it goes into the into the because he was he was blacklisted and he had to like Go to go testify in front of Congress about his like communist sympathies. It would be awesome something. if uh, Gary Sinise came back as HBO's Truman. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, there was an Einstein in the trailer. I saw that, uh, but I don't know who plays. Uh, I, I didn't see tr- Truman. I mean, I still want. I'm probably gonna go see an IMAX just because it's gonna be like incredibly shot. Like, but yeah, there's gonna be like giant, yeah, giant ass real explosions. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that part of it, but it's just it's yeah. getting a little bit. What did the thing I saw, a, somebody did a, a Burger King tie-in called the Wappenheimer. <laughs> that was really funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I share your feelings, but I will give credit to Christopher Nolan that, like, he's making a movie about, like, a historical figure that very few people know who they are. And the movie's going to make, like, $100 million yeah. minimum. And it's already And this is a movie before. that, in other hands, could just be, like, a... A made-for-TV. It was, you know, biopic. It was an HBO oh, sure movie sure with been Paul before. Newman and uh, uh, John Cusack. I think it's called Fat Man, Little Boy. I remember John watching it. It's yeah, fucking terrible. I do remember that. I do remember that. I never saw it. Yeah, but. it's it's really not good. Uh, but yeah, that's what I've been watching. And Gemstones, of course. Please, I implore all of you, watch Righteous Gemstones. I mean, it's just an important show. Like, it's just it's you just have to watch it. A, a plus, Baby Billy. A plus all around. So we're going to go into our next segment, something we're that's near and dear to our hearts. It's called the Hanky Code. <laughs> I, I mean, near to our hearts as... Closer to our pockets uh, where we keep observers, our... Yeah, observers. Yeah. I, I keep my... I'll, go, I'll let you do your... Morse code, wind talkers, the Caesar shift. Through our time, humans have used codes to transmit messages they prefer hidden to the general public. The most famous among them, 
those of the 1970s New York City hanky code, developed as an alternative to the key code, where you put your keys in a different pocket to indicate if you were top or bottom. The hanky code made it clear to others of your community what you were into, and it's time for an update, an updated hanky code. Did you know about the key code? No. I didn't either. It's, how would you see the keys in some you left, You leave them hanging out like a janitor. Oh, I see. So, like, left pocket was bottom, right pocket was top. Right. And it really was developed when uh, they didn't have enough women in San Francisco. Um, so <laughs> Wait, wait. There was a women shortage? Yeah. Cause, and, you mean, like, during the gold rush? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, when, and you'd have, like, a different colored handkerchief in your pocket for if you wanted to lead or not when you're out dancing. So men dancing with other men, mm-hmm. but not necessarily being sexually interested in other men. Yeah. There's no, I don't think there was any yellow handkerchiefs. This kind of the way them. <laughs> um, I mean, people were into things in the past. We just don't read We don't know. It. Yeah. We just don't know. I mean, sometimes we do read about it if you read Marquita Saad. Also, do not, do not look up Denny Thomas. Um, so what is your first uh, okay, new so, update? Hanky so for like code. full context, we are doing a modern... M- modern... C- Cultural hanky code. Media cultural hanky code. Yes. To this is like in conversation in life. We are not doing a sexual update. Almost like code. I feel like the new hanky code is tattoos. Because you'd see somebody with like a Dune tattoo or whatever and be like, oh, that person likes Dune and that kind of indicates them as a person of the tribe, you know? Right. So But not a not a not into like I like I like to be peed on. Peed tattoo. on while holding a live worm underneath a bridge. Right. right. Yeah. <clears throat> Um. Okay, so <laughs> I think we've set it up. Uh, so I'm gonna go. My first hanky is Paisley. Oh, and it signals. Yes, I've seen three chains of gold. Okay, and I'm looking for someone to talk about with it. Would royal purple being yes, I've seen three chains of gold, and I will not discuss it with you. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, I have three chains of gold, and I and I prefer to me. keep it to myself. I and I, still... I prefer I prefer uh, not straight to video Prince movies, please. Graffiti Bridge, mm-hmm. Purple Rain, Under a Cherry Moon only. Yeah, and I prefer them on VHS. I mean, the the specific the specificity of the hanky code is really what makes me so happy when you read it, because it's not just <laughs> one thing; it's like a line of things. I like this, but not this, but then this. Right. So. Um, mine is red uh, for red tails, meaning uh, you still trust George Lucas and you're willing to have a conversation about it. Wait, wait, wait. you meaning the person you're talking the person to? You're or talking, I, I the person still trust George Lucas and I'm willing to talk about it with you, even though he has failed me many times. I liked red tails. I liked red tails too. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to say it's then a good movie. We both probably have red hankies and want to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Trust is too big a word, but I will. You know, like there, are, there are musical acts that you know their best work is long behind. Yeah, them. but you'll but if they're buy like, oh, album. there's a new album. You're gonna. Check, I would assume Beck is like that for you. Like, I stopped listening to Beck a while ago. Really, just no Beck. I truly haven't heard a new album by him in a long time. I'll listen to the old stuff. Uh, the new stuff just sounds, it just sounds the same. Donald like, Fagan? It's not even, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Donald Fagan had a new single. Yeah. I would listen to it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I thought. That, that yeah. makes sense. It's like, you got to get interesting when you get old. Mm-hmm. 
No, I know. I mean, you will give Lucas credit. Like, Red Tails, he's not just, like, making Star Wars again. He's like, I'm going to make this movie about black fighter pilots in World War II. And, like, get some people to, you know, direct it. Yeah. Well, I'm really going to direct the, the perfect, The perfect guy to represent their story. Watching... <laughs> I'm not saying I agree with the choice. I'm saying it's interesting. Watching Lucas movies, man, you just realize, like, how much those guys love the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Like, yeah. it's just... There's just so trapped in it and they oh by the way in the new indie they included hippies uh i thought you were i thought you would refuse to see it's my it's my cardinal rule i didn't know until i walked in now he yelled at them and called them filthy hippies uh get out of here hippies he like literally shook a bat at them like Mm. yeah god bless harrison ford had his shirt off within the first minute of that movie like this is just what i look like now i'm an old 80 year old Uh man uh, my next one. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say, black and white checked, Ooh, Hanky. Okay, means I will bait you into a conversation about the Beatles, but only so I can cite the Quincy Jones interview where he shits on them. Okay, that's fair. I have I have one corresponding to that. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's the blues. It's light blue, and dark blue, and regular blue. And uh-huh. it's also checkered. Um, it, uh, hot takes where you bring out the drunker you get at a dinner party. Dark blue means you won't be invited back. So you wear that dark blue and you just like walk in just screaming about Lennon beating his wife. First thing. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, or like, this is the truth. I don't even, I haven't even watched the Woody Allen documentary. Why would I? It's lies. Like you're just, you're doing that. Uh-huh. You know. Whereas regular blue is like you just like kind of hot takes, you know. Well, I don't know. Maybe girls kind of sucked, you know, and we just right. didn't realize how bad it actually was when we were watching it, you know. Mm-hmm. Or you know, maybe Tyler Perry movies really aren't that funny, something like that. Wow. And uh, and and light blue is just like takes that people probably don't really care that much about, but you know, can just kind of slip right past. Well, you know, I, I don't think Sergeant Pepper's was that great. You know, right? Or like just weak, weak takes. Just like, weak, just, you... just weak takes. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, Andy was my favorite Gib. You know, weak takes. Not, right. Not true. Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna get mad. Nobody's gonna get mad, and they'll be like, "Oh, that guy is interested in cultural things. He knows some things." Right. Yeah. Right. I like Superman one better than Superman two. Yeah, just like light takes. Like yeah. That right. you know, are probably the level of take that might actually keep somebody interested. When you've had three straight tall bourbons and you're yelling about how Mia Farrow causes, like, you know, the hottest record day on earth, you're probably not <laughs> the right place to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you're a dark blue man. Yeah, I'm dark saying. blue most of the time. Uh, I'm going to go with um, felt. Oh. Tangerine. Okay. Tangerine colored felt means, yes, I am nostalgic for early SNL, but only the Muppet sketches. Wow. I'm not saying this is me. I'm saying that's what felt tangible. No, that's means. good. I mean, that's good. That's a, well, that's, you'd get kicked out of a party for that, like, right away. <laughs> <laughs> Just walk in a bar with felt tangerine. They're like, this guy, 86th, you're out. Wow. I want to, I want to own a bar just so I can put, a, a loop of the Muppet SNL sketches alone, just on the TV the whole time. And and I want people to come in and just be like, what is this? I'm like, this was the first season of Saturday Night Live. 
30 million people a week watched this. They barely even and had Kermit, right? It was just like monsters. No, they were, they were like half fraggles. And like they horny like, monsters with like volcanoes behind yeah, them. Yeah, they were trying to like fuck Lily Tomlin. And yeah. Stuff. They were... They were Good luck barking up that tree, Muppets. But it was Jim Henson's voice. Like, yeah. I'm like, hey, it's me. It's Kermit the Frog with a so, little bit scratchier. <laughs> the bar part I'm confused by. Do you, do you want really just want people to see it? So And you know people come to bars, thus it'll be there? Yeah, people come to bars okay. and there's like... You know, there's always there's like basketball on or the Munsters on or something. But yours has like, no even a remote to change it. It's just the Muppets. I mean, I have the remote. Yeah, oh, you have the remote. I'm just saying, like, you, you, this isn't like a movie theater. Like, nobody comes for the thing. You go to see, a bar. I would do a gym. And, it, and, you, and you see it. There's a TV screen, and it's usually playing something. Yeah. And you're not really paying attention. You're not like, oh, I'm going to watch the Super Bowl at yeah. a bar. You're just like, I'm in this bar. There's something on the TV. And you slowly notice. You're just slowly like, wait, what is this? Are those Muppets? Would they be, would it be a- Is that Jonathan a, Winters with Muppets? A what is that? <laughs> Are there other Muppet things or is that the only Muppet no, thing? No, it's just wow. unexplained. Okay. If you ask the bartender, be like, I don't know, man. This is just, it's always on. I can't change it. Wow. These are hot takes. I, if we have investors, if, if the CEO of Screen Gems wants to invest in this uh, bar enterprise, call us up. Oh, okay. All right. Um, mine is a light green- and it's, um, I only, I, well, I'm ready to talk about liquid television and about how horny it made me. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Light green. That's the only sexual one. Yeah. <laughs> For the max, obviously. Right. Yeah, everybody knows that. In the head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I hope you try that out in public and tell me the. No, I mean, I will. Tell What's... me the other liquid television fans you run into. What's your next one? Uh, I am going to go with red tie-dye, Okay, which is, uh, I try to listen to the Grateful Dead every two or three years, and I don't get it. Please explain to me why they're good. Well, so would blue tie-dye mean I prefer John Mayer in yeah. the Grateful Dead? Yeah, blue, blue tie-dye would be like... John Mayer with the Dead and Company, I get, but okay. I don't get Jerry Garcia era Grateful Dead. Okay, that's that's fair. That's totally fair. And I feel like you'd run into several of those people at parties. I just want someone. I just want someone to make the case. Yeah, because I'm trying. I'm not like, oh, the Grateful Dead sucks. The end. I, I refuse to listen. I do try to listen. I sit down with. I mean, one of their live things, and I'm like, okay, they're so bad. It's just bad. I'm, it's not even. It doesn't even reach bad. Yeah. It's just like, it's like it sounds like they're tuning. They're just they're just noodling the whole time, and I'm like, it's going to build to something, and it's like, yeah, it's just not. It's like, <laughs> like there's no highs and lows. It's just kind of medium. To me, it just kind of yeah. sounds like music you'd be listening to on the street, like just like busker music almost. Like it's just pointless. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's it's weird, but I feel like there's some kind of code that could be cracked. That I, well, so I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Crack it's this open... code and then have the other assorted codes that go with the cracking. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Now I'm liking this. Yeah. I like this. Okay. This is this is very Navajo code talker. This is what we call the Caesar shift. Uh, what's uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's your last one? Because that's all I had. Oh, that's all you have. Uh, my last one's simple. It's a uh, cat hair hanky. Okay. 
Which just means, yes, I'm into futars. Oh, a futar one. Wow. I mean, if you run into a fellow futar traveler in the world. I feel like you need to travel to uh, one of our, uh, you know, our cousin from the East's. Um, you know, Japan, China, Korea, North Korea. You think there's a lot of futar fans? I would imagine you could go there and probably find a futar fan club. The FFF. Like actual futars, not furry. No, no. I bet it's the FFF, the futar fan club. <laughs> FFC. People who have read book six mm-hmm. <laughs> of Frank Herbert's Dune. Yeah. I, the first, I, mean, I, would love to meet, I would love to meet other futar fans. I would love to bring a futar up in a conversation without somebody I know and have them know what that is. Yeah. Like that would be. Oh, I have I have one more. I forgot. Pink. It's only for Lee. When you see Pink, you whisper Lee, and disappear outside for a beer barrel polka talk. It's almost it. it's like an automatic get you out of get out of jail free one. You see somebody okay. wearing that. Pink? I didn't do I didn't do Lee because I assumed you would do. Lee. I mean, so, I have been to the mecca of of Lee. I, so I, you know, I am going to, to Vegas died. in. Uh, july and I'm, I'm going to see if i can get a private tour of lee's old estate so wow yeah that would be are you gonna go back to the car museum hmm i don't know i'm not suggesting you should i'm not i mean i have three days to myself basically so <laughs> we'll you'll be happens. the only person to come back within three months <laughs> to see the piano Re- return <laughs> return the lingerie i bought sorry these just don't fit can i get another pair uh-huh. of lee lingerie <laughs> and our next segment the fixers of lost children lost children lost children children lost it's uh where we're going to break down movies that either should have been franchises or we'd like to be franchises yeah or just there's a there's an alternate history where they could have been franchises and and we want to explore that's my multiverse yeah is living in a world where there's you know 10 you know valerian in the house of a thousand cards you know spinoffs i'm totally fine with that so what is your first uh my first is a movie i can't remember if we've talked about it on air or just talked about it that you've watched fairly recently uh it is a one of a kind uh 1980s rock and roll fable oh uh mm-hmm. it's sort of a comic book hybrid 1950s 1980s Almost a musical, but not really a musical. I mean, there's musical sequences. Confounding. Uh, odd. Huge sets. Very expensive. Willem Dafoe in straight-up bondage gear. Yes, I'm talking about Streets of Fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, a movie that flopped big time. <laughs> and By a good director. Yeah. Uh, and I uh, I have the, the uh, feather in my cap of uh back in the heyday of twitter tweeting i wish i lived in an alternate reality where star wars was an obscure cult flop from the late 70s and we were living in an era of dozens of streets of fire spinoffs and the screenwriter of streets of fire replied to my tweet and just said no (laughs) what (laughs) twitter used to be awesome uh even he (laughs) disagreed that there should be uh, a long-running series of profitable Streets of Fire movies. But he's wrong. It's it's a movie I I don't really... I mean, I should have seen it coming that you like that movie. But I found it so weird 
Yeah. And had no plot, basically. It's got a plot. They got to rescue Diane Lane. Yeah, but it's by her boyfriend and his... Mike, Mike, also, what is it? Michael Patrick Jan or Jan Michael Vincent? Who's the guy in it? Uh, That's the worst actor. The, the like, really bad lead? Yeah. Michael Paré. Michael Paré, who's also in Eddie and the Cruisers, uh, which I've never seen. He's just, and like, also he, looks, he looks like a comic book, like Sergeant Rock. Yeah. He looks like a 1950s comic book being, but he's not a good yeah. actor. I mean, that's... No. You know, as we talked about last week... Two weeks ago, can't remember. Uh, like Harrison Ford brought something special to Indiana Jones. He's not just like a handsome guy who can do the stunts. Like, yeah. And this guy is not a good actor. Like he's. Oh, all right. I mean, I I can see that Streets of Fire is. I don't know where you would go with the franchise. I guess delve deeper into. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It doesn't necessarily have to be about these characters. Just this world. This sort of like. Like future rockabilly world where the cops are kind of like afraid to enforce any laws, and it's sort of like Double Dragon, but with less. It is. Karate. It has Double Dragon. It, it to me, it's like what the inside of Billy Bob Thornton's head looks like. <laughs> like it might be how he actually views the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> like hillbilly psychedelic weirdness. I bet he loves Streets of Fire. Yeah, I mean it's it's like. It's in the same vein of David Lynch's Dune. Of it's just like it's an utterly one of a kind movie that when I watch it, I'm just like, how does this exist? How? What a huge swing too! It's yeah. a, just a huge in every way swing. Wasn't there one song that hit the charts in that movie? Uh, like actually, was kind of maybe. I mean, there were it was so the movie was like partly assembled by the record company. I think it was Sony. Yeah, um, and they, so they originally wanted Bruce Springsteen. To do the music. I mean, Streets of Fire is a Bruce Springsteen song. And Bruce is like, no. So they're like, fuck. Okay. So they went and like cobbled together a bunch of different artists on the label. No, I mean, I'm, I'm into that. I mean, I think it would... It's kind of surprising it doesn't have a TV show or something. There is actually a pseudo-sequel, like a straight-to-video movie from the late 90s that I've never tracked down. Mm. It's supposed to be terrible, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I will imagine. I will this, my first to. one... Um, is a movie I've just recently seen and watch, I would say, probably three times a year and always have the best time ever, is Robot Jocks. <laughs> and Of course. <laughs> um, I want it, I want ten of these, and I want ten of them to be miniatures and actual effects and no CGI. Like when you watch Pacific Rim, which is just, you know, a plussed up Robot Jocks, basically, um, it, it, nothing matters in it. But when you see a guy in a giant robot suit fall, it just, it, it feels so much better. There's rear projection. It's very clear, like Americans versus Ruskies crash and burn. Uh, it, it's got everything you want. There's uh, the uh, Starship Troopers, just random. Everybody takes a shower together, nudity. Like it just, it's just, it's the perfect movie for me. And I wish that there were 10 of them. That also has an absolutely terrible sequel that, I don't think anybody who was originally involved in it was in. And then it has like a third tier, even worse one that I think was on like the <laughs> sci-fi channel or something. Uh-huh. But like, I, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do Robot Shocks one. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll be in two, but God damn it, I'm not doing three. The, the same guy wasn't even into, like the, the main guy who played the, uh, the character from Alien 
Nation, who was the regular guy in the actual TV show. He's in some Star Treks too. Gary something. But uh, Graham depth. something. Way out of my depth. Anyway, he is, it's a very fun 87-minute movie that I can't recommend more, especially for somebody who grew up watching Voltron. Like it's 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 all about it, and like there's actual sparks, and you see strings. It's it's very enjoyable. I want twenty of those. All right, screen gems. Get Got on your marching it. orders. You give us a five hundred thousand dollar budget, and we can do <laughs> we it. We could definitely make uh, mm-hmm. Robot Jocks four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, how many of these did you do? One, two, three, four. Four. Okay. My number two. We're not ranking these. This is just my second. No. My next one. No is uh, yeah. a movie uh, in the Bond family. Ooh. It's a Bond. We should do, we should do like a, a, a Bond family tree episode someday. Um, like this, a Q spin-off this movie. This is a, a movie that the, uh, the somehow underrated Pierce Brosnan did shortly after ending his tenure as 007. Uh, mm-hmm. It's The Matador. Uh, Interesting. A very, very like he's he's a sort of sleaze bag, James Bond sleaze bag cousin character. I mean, it's a, it's a crime movie, not a spy movie, but it's got sort of certainly the marketing, you know, relied on people being familiar with him as Bond. I mean, he's like an assassin who's like really good at his job, uh, but it's sort of like a, a like a mixed up buddy comedy kind of a Greg Kinnear, right? Greg Kinnear. Sort of in the kiss, kiss, bang, bang, or yeah. uh, what was the one with Russell Crowe and uh, the nice guys? The nice guys, kind of like a mixed, a mixed buddy crime movie, uh, and it's just like it's good. It's it's just a solid movie, and I would watch uh, I'd watch a series of stories about uh, this kind of washed up version of Pierce. Honestly, the nice guys might be one. Might be. Like a good franchise, yeah. I no, there should I, be every time I hover over that movie, I always want to hit play. I never don't want to watch yeah. it. I'm, I'm. I guess it didn't make enough money to merit a sequel, but like creatively, if it came out in like '94, oh yeah, it would have been a massive been hit. hit. Yeah, and especially because got Shane Black writing it, so it's got a lot of like Shane Black jokes that aren't really funny now. Yeah, you're not allowed to say. So yeah, I, I, I actually really like that idea. Um, mine, next one is a movie that only had one, had the perfect ending, does not need a sequel <laughs> but we're doing um, at all, but I want one anyway, okay. is uh, The Fifth Element. Good call. I want good, good 10 choice. of those. I want, I want to know more about the world. I want like something from one of the aliens' views. I want more Gary Oldman. I want to know what the black thing is. It's trying to destroy everything. Like It's got everything. It's basically the, the better version of Crystal Skull. Because it starts out like in the in the old times and goes uh-huh. to modern times, like it's just it's. I like uh, who's the director? I can't think of him. French you person. Uh, yeah, Besson. John, it's Be- Luc Besson. Luc Besson. Yeah. yeah, he did Lucy and. Um, he did a, uh, um, a Joan of Arc movie. I think the professional. Like oh yeah, he did the he did the the professional. Famous for marrying people who are fifteen to sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, but um, have you? I, I'm going to table this. Okay. <laughs> the original <laughs> professional script had it is a very different relationship wild. with uh, wild young Natalie, Natalie and, Portman. Uh, yeah, Jean Reno. Um, yeah. Glad it that is. it didn't get made that way. 
the that's one not, they made is the one they should have yes, made. Yes, yes. Just for the record, the fixers is not supporting yes. the original preteen script version pre-teen of Carnal Cinema. Of Leon the Professional. We are. He also did a Valerian and the Planet of a Thousand Stars or whatever. Oh yeah. Like, um, so he takes big swings, but um. The, all the effects in that fifth element were like practical, and the ones that weren't looked great. I mean, it was just a cool world. I just want to. Oh live yeah, in more. it is a very cool world. Like in um, a that, yeah, in an era where a lot of a lot of stuffs either res, like existing IP. Yeah. So like you know every Star Wars show they they like have to go to fucking Tatooine, and I'm like, I've I've seen this. Like yeah. <laughs> show me something new. Yeah. Or or it just seems like lazy. Like there's a lot of like some Marvel movies, it's just like this. You don't need to show She Hulk in this. It's fine. This is the set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, Fifth Element was like an utterly new, interesting, futuristic vision, and uh, I, I too would like to see more of that world. Underrated soundtrack on that one too. Very weird, oh. like uh, '90s electronic soundtrack that doesn't make any sense, but you'll end up listening to it more than you should. One of one of only two Chris Tucker movies that weren't uh, his Jackie Chan franchise. What was it called? Rush Hour. Really? Yeah. I mean, maybe he's done more recently. He's done more. Okay. There was a time where he'd only done five movies. Yeah. Uh, Jackie Brown, Fifth Element. Friday. A bunch of Rush. Oh, he was in Silver Linings Playbook since then. Yeah. He does not work much. No, he doesn't have to. I know. He got paid fifty million dollars for Brush Hour two and three, and he each, and he each. knows what fifty million dollars is. Like he's <laughs> uh, to me, he's the guy that's like, I got fifty million dollars, and I know what that means. It's not like just somebody casually getting fifty million dollars and like being like, yeah, whatever, it's just another fifty million. He's like, I didn't have anything, and now I have fifty million dollars. I mean, I I feel like I would appreciate having fifty million. I would too, but if you're Tom Cruise. Does fifty well, sure. million dollars matter? Like you Not know what now. I mean? Yeah. There was a time when his first, like his first big payday. I'm sure. I'm sure, but he also just kept making huge movies. So Chris Tucker's like, yeah. I did it. I don't want to fuck it up anymore. So what's your next one? Uh, it is a movie in the John Lacar spy universe, um, and there have been multiple John Lacar movies, but. Um, this version of it, this cast, I wish there was more. Uh, it's Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Um, good, good pick. Great, great movie. standalone spy movie, but great there radio are, play. There are like nine books, yeah, about Smiley, this character that Gary Oldman plays, and he's he's like old and he doesn't need to be like young and handsome and dashing at any point. Like Gary Oldman can play, could play. I mean, now he's like whatever, ten years older. 12 years older than so there's a point where you're going to run out of gary oldman time on this earth to do it but well the radio um, one is awesome too if you ever get a chance to listen to it i haven't the, i've the seen B- the, the bbc um, did it and it's fucking incredible yeah uh but yeah i mean just like a impeccably put together movie and there are there are stories on the shelf you could make more of these but I guess also I a movie you cannot talk during no there's like, a lot of information. <laughs> you, you, if you don't, like, if you're not watching, I, I would say that's, like, a subtitles mandatory movie. Like, <laughs> just to get all the information you need. Because I watched it once, and I was like, wait a second. I don't know yeah. what's going on. And I had to I mean, watch it by phenomenal myself Phenomenal cast. Oh, incredible. Uh, 
Gary Oldman, Colin Firth, Tom Hardy, Cumberbatch uh, is in Cumberbatch, it. Cumberbatch, uh, Toby Jones, the mm-hmm. immortal Toby Jones. Uh, yeah, it's just like I, no, I want I'm more. With you. I want more of this world. It's like Fifth Element. Give me, give yep. me more. I'm, I love it. You just gave me one. That's uh, I'm calling Audible on. Uh oh. That needs to be recast and was horribly done, but exists in the world, which I don't know why they don't do, is Sahara. With Matthew McConaughey and Steven oh, yeah. Zahn. That, was, uh, that flopped. That flopped, that flopped hard. so hard, but there yeah. are a hundred Dirk Pitt books that are basically like Indiana Jones, but for the water. Right. Um, that would be so translatable to either a series or a movie. And it is shocking. They, I mean, it flopped so hard. They put a lot of money behind that movie. And I was pretty excited to see it. And it's a hard sell anyways because it's like Lincoln ending up in the Sahara Desert. So that's a hard sell. Um, uh-huh. But he also, the other one they did he did was Raising the Titanic. But that was like, I think, an 80s movie. Um, um, so there are others. But I don't, a franchise that just lays dormant. Mainly because I think the people who, the guy that, Clive Kelsler, the guy that wrote it, is a monstrous asshole and wants his stuff to be like exactly like the book. And you just can't do that. And he just hates that. So he's basically like Alan Moore. It's like once it's out, I'm not gonna nothing. I I'm not gonna watch it. I don't care. It's just it's just not mine anymore. Yeah. So yeah. And it didn't help that it flopped. Oh, it was awful. Like it was like John John Carter of Mars level. Flop. It had it had such a goodwill for me. Like I was like I was so yeah. ready to like just say screw all the critics. This is gonna be good. And it turns out it was just a fucking flop. It's not even rewatchable, which is maybe the biggest crime of a bad movie. To not even be rewatchable. So. It's for fixing lost children. Do so you have two one? more or you have one more? Um, I you? have t- two more. Okay. Maybe, th- maybe an alt. Uh, I'm going to save my, my hammer for the end. Okay. And I will throw in an audible as well. It's kind of like, it's almost too obvious now. There was a time where I feel like I was a... Uh, a keeper of the flame of this movie, and apparently now it's it's gone mainstream that too many people love it. But it it bears it bears emphasizing. Uh, Master and Commander. I know I know I know I know you're not a fan of ropes, which we can get into. But let me just say, this is just like a perfectly constructed movie, great adventure, and yet again a book series. But there are like 30 of these fucking books and people I'm, I've only read one of the books but people love them you just take it off the shelf script writes itself you had young Russell Crowe in his prime uh, yeah okay, ropes I know too many ropes. I, I'm no I'm too I, I just uh, it, it they should make more they should make more I'm wrong I know I'm wrong okay I, I, I was I was I hate to say this. I was bored watching the movie. I, I was just kind of Fair. bored. Just Fair. like t- t- too much, just too much. I mean, ropes. You, when they're like sawing the eight-year-old boy's leg off, you're like, uh, seen this. Uh, they're like playing music together, but they're not kissing. Like, I don't know. It's just not, it's not for me. <laughs> not enough ropes and not, not enough not male, enough male homoeroticism. Yeah. I just, yeah. I don't know. Um, one of the previews I had before Indy was, um, Dracula on a ship, like on his like coming like back. his in the novel when he takes the boat yeah, from yeah. Transylvania to London. Yeah, basically that entire thing. It's Man, a good. It's a good uh, 
It's a good idea. It's a good idea, but sometimes I just feel bad for Dracula. You f- you feel like, bad because they just have not done him right. Like I think I think I am a defender of uh, Coppola's Dracula. I like that one. It's fine. I like several vampire movies. Um, no, but a Dracula movie. But I think a Dracula a good, movie. They've just. I think just, that's a good Dracula movie. It's something that's. I don't know. I, we, it, that's for a different time. My uh, next one is um, a movie that was supposed to be huge, huge budget for special effects, huge star at the time, coming off of classics like um, The Rock and Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade, um, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Wow. There were supposed to be probably ten of those, and I bet three of the scripts are already written. It takes Yeah, every... I mean, Alan Moore, yeah. which you mentioned, has yeah. three of the books mm-hmm. he has multiple books yeah and it wasn't a bad movie at all it just was at the wrong place wrong time like it was no it was no avengers yeah it oh. by avengers i mean the uh i forgot I, <laughs> the sean connery avengers that was man that is one the we john should, steve we might have to avengers. do a special episode on that um <laughs> people have no idea what emergency broadcast they're like what robert downey jr I'm like no the no, no, real no, avengers real people avengers. i'll say that that's actually a hanky code <laughs> like <laughs> I know what the real Avengers is. A, a bowler a bowler cap in your back pocket. Means, yeah, I know. Means, what the I know. Avengers and you're holding an umbrella with a knife in it. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean I liked the movie. It was like good and I don't know why it wasn't a hit. I think it would looked a little too CGI ish. Yeah. Old... I mean it was old timey on green screen, not old timey like actually looked good. So that's just a different thing. That time yeah. filming, like making London look good, is sometimes a little hard. Um, and that movie just does not make it look very good. But Sean Connery's great in it. Like, there's a cast is really good. Like, if you look at the cast, the people who played all the characters, the was good. Rasputin was in it, which kind of goes back to my theory that any movie that Rasputin's in is going to like be bad. It's almost like the, the Mars theory. <laughs> Rasputin's the kiss of death. Yeah, huh. it's weird. It's weird, but if you look up the movies that Rasputin has been in, um, including the newest, um, the oh, what's the one with the ass joke at the end of it? Whoa, A Knight's Tale, not A Knight's Tale, um, and uh, Colin Colin Firth, where they're like proto Kingsman, Kingsman, yeah. There was like the Kingsman origin or whatever, and Rasputin was in that. I think it came out during the Pandy. And uh, it failed miserably. So is Kingsman kind of derived from *Lady of Extraordinary Gentlemen*? I don't know. I liked the first one, but the second one was not very good. It's just a lot of CGI. Matthew, yeah, Matthew Vaughn. Is he the one that directs those? Is too addicted to CGI. So, and then you'll watch. It's based on a. It's based on a separate comic. Okay, yeah. Called the Kingsman. It's it's kind of that steampunky thing where like. You know how do you make yeah. a good movie with steampunk? So, I don't know. Yeah, not my, not my scene. Yeah. Uh, okay, my last one. Okay. Controversial. This is a dark blue hanky. Dark blue hanky. Dark blue. This is we're gonna get canceled. Screen Gems was about to write the check for sponsorship, and they're gonna tear this check up when they hear. Uh, this is a movie inspired by the classic Bob Hope Bing Crosby Road Two movies. Of the late forties and fifties that I okay. that I watched with too. my with father, mm-hmm. father Commodore, father of the sea. Uh, speaking of beloved older movies, uh, just a just a, a fun 
you take two kind of bumbling American characters, you take them to an exotic location. They're they're both trying to bone the same woman. Lather, rinse, repeat. Take them to different places. Uh, this is a movie that is possibly synonymous with the biggest flop of all time. Uh, it's a movie called Ishtar, and wow, I alternate universe Ishtar. If Ishtar was a hit, wow. and Dustin Hoffman and uh, Mr. Warren Beatty, who we brought up, kept making uh, kept making Ishtar movies, I mean, they wouldn't be called Ishtar because Ishtar is the setting. So each one would be like a new place. They could go to like Shangri-La. They could go to Atlantis. They go to Machu Picchu. Every time, a new adventure. Got to go to Atlantis with my favorite, <laughs> my favorite character. <laughs> Get me in a room with uh, Zaslav, and I'd be Do like, I listen. Do I need to watch? Ishtar? I, I, I mean, do, do you want to be on your deathbed and be like, you know what? I never watched Ishtar. Huh. Wow. That's a real question. <laughs> I'm not saying it is a masterpiece. Of I'm the saying, two, Heaven's Gate and Ishtar, which should ooh. I watch? Uh... Wow. These are like Sophie's um, choices. We're making real hard. This is a hard conversation we're having right now. I would say one of them has Mr. Charles Grodin in it, and that's Ishtar. And, uh, I think that that decision is made for me then. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. I feel much better about that. All right. Ishtar's on the list. Be prepared for the next episode. You're going to get a full Ishtar review. We're going to reboot Ishtar, mm-hmm. everybody. Warren Beatty's still alive. Dustin Hoffman's still alive. Could be like a grumpier old man, Ishtar, return to Ishtar. Talk about a franchise that could have used about seven more movies, grumpier old men. Always happy to see those guys on the screen. I mean, one of them died after the second one. Right? Yeah, well, that, that's true. I think that was that. Um, my last one <clears throat> is a movie we saw together in theaters, I believe. Better not be Sphere. I'm walking out. We are both. I would never do that to our relationship. I don't think we can okay. handle that. Okay. Too much That'd of a strain. Be... Um. We enjoyed it. I think we were also like, what the flying fuck was that? I didn't know anything about this when we walked in. It was mysterious. Uh, had a budget of $27 million. 76 on Rotten Tomatoes, or 76%. Um, I want to live in Dark City. Wow. Great choice. I love that movie. It is fucking weird. It is built out of absolute whole cloth. It has great early CGI special effects. It has a, the weirdest plot to follow. It's weird without being unpopulist weird. Like it's yeah. it's, it's completely palatable in a weird way. Whereas it's like, weird, but it's self-contained and it's it makes sense. It's yeah. like a a puzzle box that fits once you. And it you is a a it. movie that you can see. Like I would put Ex Machina, Annihilation. Like those kind of movies mm-hmm. in with this because it's a whole universe just contained in this. And I think that that would be that might be one of my like it's just I'll always watch it. It's very dark. So if you watch it, you kind of have to almost watch it at night. You can't have anything. Yeah, like literally screen. dark. Literally like, image. Dark movie. You cannot watch this in a room with daylight. No, it's just, you will it's not a, see anything. You have to crank yeah. the contrast up like all the way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like. Everybody in that movie, everybody's still alive, still working. I mean, basically the entire cast was in, you know, the other uh, one that I never want to see another one of, Gods of Egypt, um, which is... <sighs> Pass. 
Uh, ooh, I saw that in the theater. That was... I do really enjoy watching a big swing in the theater that you know is going to fail and be out the next I mean, week. you love anything with fucking Pharaohs and Hatshepsut. I, I do, in. but it's not Whether about it's... that. It's about the seeing the promise that these guys had. That They're like, we're going to make 10 of these and we're going to make a fucking billion dollars. Like the uh, Mortal Engines was one of those where you're just like, this is going to fail so bad. <laughs> Whoever got this read uh-huh. it and was like, this is going to be huge. It's just gone. I, I love a big swing franchise. You just know isn't going to work. My alt, of course, is the shadow. Oh yeah, I, that, I just I didn't put that on my list because I assumed that would be like yeah, first out I of the want gate for you. Ten shadow movies with every single con that has ever existed. I mm-hmm. like the universe. Um, it's a kind of. I think that that universe people kind of find boring for some reason because it is it is kind of in that era of like slapstick comedies like and they tried to do like a with the with the couple who was the woman in it penelope ann miller i think um but they try to make them like a like hep talking like you know quick dialogue couple um jonathan winters also in that movie just saying the immortal jonathan winters um alec baldwin could have got more shots it was interesting and weird and i I really like that movie yeah I uh, I I I love the pick of Dark City. I'm tr- I'm struggling to think how that could be multiple movies. Me, me like, too. I am. It's like like yeah. you mentioned Ex Machina. It's like it's so perfectly self-contained. That, like, but Fifth Element's the same. Like it's contained. But Fifth Element is the world. Like the the whole point of Dark City. I mean, it's like you don't want to go back into dark city or why would yeah. you go back into dark city? Yeah. Without spoiling it for the soldiers and sailors. Uh, whereas the fifth element takes place in this sort of like version of the future that you could have different adventures in. See, I think that uh, the dudes who did stranger things have watched dark city. Cause oh, there's yeah. a lot of dark city and stranger things. Been, and when you bring dark city up, nobody remembers it. No, like it's just not <laughs> a movie that is like on anybody's radar. No, for being such a weird movie, it seems like it would have much more of a cult following. But yeah, but also director of the director of the Crow too. I think the Crow really? people will be in a Dark City. Yeah, Proyas. Wow, wow, that's wow. I'm gonna have to rewatch Dark City, like in the middle of the night with no Never. lights on. Yeah, I, mean, I bet I bet it still looks pretty good. I, I do remember seeing the theater. Yeah, I, I think it's mostly mostly real sets and stuff. Yeah, I don't think just, there's much CG in it. I think there was a lot of gears on that set. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of looked like a tool video. Yeah, like one that but didn't without, want to make me throw up without the semen. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, that was. Actually I uh, fairly successful. yeah, uh, the shadow um, would be happy to see more. Um, what do you think about the Rocketeer? Would you want to watch more Rocketeers? Only if it's not CGI. Right. Well, I, I mean, it wasn't. I know. I would love to watch. I would have loved to watch more back in that era because that to me is a better red tails like oh, yeah, more interesting it, was like, it wasn't a, wasn't a true story no you know, but the way Timothy to try Dalton and tell like an important and, story I, and it was against nazis again i think dalton yeah. was a nazi right timothy dalton was like a he was like he was like the rich guy in the third Indiana jones he was like a a american or british like secret nazi sympathizer he was an actor right in that in i think he was an yeah but he he wasn't german but he was like secretly a nazi yeah yeah and then there were some actual like german nazi you know 
blimps. The best part of that entire movie is the cartoon that they show about developing it. Uh huh. <laughs> if you re- ever get a chance to rewatch it, it looks exactly yeah. like the propaganda from back then. It's really yeah. probably because Disney did some animation for that kind of thing, so it kind of actually makes sense. But yeah, um, I mean, it wasn't that. I mean, it was it was the late '80s, so it was only 40 years after. Yeah. Like you bet you had some people alive who were still animators from the 40s. Like right. they weren't yeah. working on that movie, but they were around. You could. Like that's the kind of show. Them. Like I don't need to see Andor. But if they did a Rocketeer show, I think more people would be interested in it than not, you know? I don't... I mean, I would be interested in it. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> but there is that lost era of Disney where people just, like, forget these movies existed, like, before Little Mermaid. Yeah. You know? No, the entire 1980s, like, Brave Little Toaster era is just erased. Like, yeah. They, they pretend, they, like... They just don't care. Yeah. The Anything between the classic era and the Katzenberg era is just... Yeah, Tron Gone. is the only survival, I think. That yeah, and to Tron was us. kind of a, a strange Tron exception. Was very shitty. I think we're uh, missing out on one that I think we both could agree on, and might be the actual hammer, um, is uh, the uh, Dark Universe. The dark Tom universe? Cruise mummy. Oh. Yeah. I, 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 mean, I think we should save that. I think we should do an episode on, like, Dracula, Frankenstein, mummy... Can they be fixed? Can classic horror, Wolfman? They made Wolf, the yeah. Del Toro. I mean, that was what it was going to be. It was going to yeah. be all those like classic Universal. I mean, like Universal Studios owned the. The IP Mummy is stuff. good. I liked it. Yeah, but it flopped. Yeah, and then they're like, never mind. We're never mind. <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing this. I remember there was like a picture with all of them together, and it was like, oh, this is going to be awesome, and we have like the alternate to Marvel. Nope, just not the time. Even Tom yeah. Cruise can't save you. You're pretty fucked. Right, right. That's, that's like, a sign. That's that's a sign. But yeah, I think we should. I think we explore if that can be salvaged. Yeah, I'm fine with that. That works. See, this is what I'm talking about. We come up with new episodes in the episodes. That's how good we are at this. We're just we're just fixing things left and right. Just fix. We're just fixers. We're back on. We're back on track after that James Bond fiasco where we agreed on everything. <laughs> And uh, just just felt unnatural. We're just back where we need to be. Bringing up Ishtar, Streets of Fire. Bringing up ropes. Yep. So much ropes. So much rope action. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening to The Fixers this week. Uh, Next week, we're going to have a full Ishtar review. Uh, It's going to be incredible. I'm going to take actual notes. I can't wait. I might actually watch Heaven's Gate at the same time. Who knows? Like, kind of wait, on like, like two screens at the same time? Yeah, exactly. I'll just put them on, layer them on top of each other and see if it fits. I really, I really don't recommend that. That yeah. is not... And I'll play the soundtrack. I don't stand by that. <laughs> you can't hold me accountable for your experience. I feel like, did you it's make like it all heroin through, and uh... cocaine. You do one or the <laughs> other. You do not do them at the same time. Did you fall asleep during Reds at all? I feel like no. I definitely would have been an old yeah, man. I mean, now, I'm maybe. a history nerd, so I'm like, That's I, true. I'm into it. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm getting up. I'm getting snacks. Yeah, you're not going to miss anything for 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that makes, yeah. All right, so we will see you next week. And as always, remember the paper. Don't take the bat out of my hand. It's the ninth inning. You know what this is like. I got to get the quote. The guy's not going to be there all night. I got to get it. We run what we got. What the hell is going on? Are you nuts? The Paper, on videocassette.